Welcome to a French Collection podcast, a go-to podcast for everything on France, hosted by me, Annette Charlton. With guests, candid insights into living in France, travel discussions and more, our show will transport you to the land of cheese and croissants. So now let's dive into our next episode. So hello, hello. Thank you for joining me. It's Annette from a French Collection podcast, a French Collection blog and social media channels. Thank you for joining me. If you are part of my Facebook or Instagram group and community, you would know that earlier today we ran a, I, I ran a live and each weekend it's a live on both Facebook and Instagram where I share with you what the upcoming uh, podcast will be. And today it's all about the beautiful garden of Luxembourg, the Luxembourg Garden in Paris. So that's right, this week we are back in Paris. In episode number uh, number eight, we were down on the French Riviera. We were walking the secret paths and looking at the sparkling blue water and what you can do down at the French Riviera. In episode nine, we shared a little bit about our first visit, one of our early visits when we moved into our French holiday home. Number 10 was about our most beautiful villages of France. And so we were all over France with that episode. So today we are back in Paris. We're going to go garden visiting. So buckle in, come with me and enjoy the visit to Jardin du Luxembourg or in English, the Luxembourg Garden. And of course, because I can't share with you my photos, I take lots of photos everywhere I go and I'm regularly in France and Paris uh, conducting my tours. You'll have to jump onto the blog if you want to have a look at the photos, but they are my photos. I enjoy taking them and I particularly love sharing them with you over on the blog post. So that's a frenchcollection.com. So Luxembourg Garden is considered one of the most beautiful I would agree with that, and I'm sure you've you've been there or you've seen photos, you'd most likely agree with that as well. And strolling around the garden, I mean, if you think back and imagine, it almost takes you back in history to the golden days when ladies dressed in their Sunday best and they shielded their fair faces from the sun with those beautiful frilly parasols. At that time, being out and seen by others was almost as important as people watching and checking on what everyone else was doing yourself. And do you know, really, not that much has changed. Luxembourg Garden is still the perfect garden to stroll through or to sit quietly and watch others as they also enjoy the garden. So let's explore the garden together along with, if you read my blog, a few of the photos that I've taken on my visits. I think it's a garden for everybody. I particularly love Jardin du Luxembourg with its abundance of chairs and benches, its particular paton fields, the children's playground and the carousel, tennis courts, pond and the hidden statues in everywhere amongst formal gardens. And I mean, what about the Grand Basin, the duck pond? That's just spectacular. It is the garden for everyone. Later on in this podcast, I'll recall a lovely experience while I was at the garden, and I've uh, called that story the best surprises ever, the confessions of a tour guide. I'll share with you some stories of why I particularly enjoyed the garden one trip. 
Now, I'm not sure whether you know, but the garden is known by many names, often with many things. They get uh, colloquial names, they get names that the locals know them by. So this garden, which many of us will agree, is one of the most beautiful. It's also known by a few different names. It's colloquially referred to as the Jardin du Sanet and known locally as the Luco. That's because since 1879, Jardin du Luxembourg has been owned by the French Senate and the palace has been its home. Jardin du Luxembourg is located in the 6th arrondissement of Paris and it was created in 1612 by Marie de Medici to surround the new residence that she had commissioned and built in the early 1600s. Now you know what that is. That's the Palace of Luxembourg the Palais du Luxembourg. Marie had the palace built as a way of easing her longing of her childhood home, where she missed, and she grew up at the renowned Pitti Palace in Florence, Italy. It's a marvellous melding, I think, of tree-edged promenades, broad lawns, flower beds, and there's an orangery nurturing more than 400 species of orchids. I mean, that's a lot. The original gardens, they remained intact until the end of the 18th century, which is quite a feat in itself, really, to have remained intact for so long. They were then reduced by about 10 hectares, and it was not until the redevelopment of Paris that the gardens were reduced in size again. So during that redevelopment of Paris by Baron Hussman, 22 hectares of the garden were taken so that they could create extra room for Rue Medici and Rue Auguste Comte. So, I mean, just imagine how big the garden would be with its original extra 32 hectares. Incredible. The gardens are managed and maintained by the Senate, and they're a combination of French geometric discipline, as the French do discipline particularly well, carved terraces and a plantation of chestnut trees which provides cool shade in summer and absolutely fabulous colour in autumn. The garden boasts an orchard, not sure if you've seen the orchard, with a variety of old and forgotten apples. There's an apiary for you to learn beekeeping and there's a rose garden. There are also numerous statues throughout the garden. 106 statues actually according to the official website of the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Paris. Now, I don't know about you, but I've not seen all the 106 statues, but I have seen 20 marble statues. They're the statues of all women, and they're, often, uh, they're around near the pond. They're statues of queens and illustrious women from French history. So the series is called the series of the queens and illustrious women. They're statues of famous and illustrious women. They're very detailed. They have uh, clothing, facial expressions, and often what they were known for, whether it's um, writing or medicine. The ladies often, they look quite realistic, I think. And they look as if they're like watching everybody in the garden just keeping an eye on them all. The garden also has water features, including, you probably know about this one, the most famous, the Medici Fountain. 
The Medici Fountain is a monumental fountain and it was built in about 1630 for Marie de Medici. It's ornate Italian-inspired design. It's quite different to the uh, geometric French layout of the rest of the gardens and the formality of many parts of the garden. Now, this spectacular garden has got places to eat, which is all important for the crowds that uh, love the garden and spend time in it, particularly in the summer months. Parisians and visitors soak up the sun in the iconic green metal chairs. They chat on benches. They stroll through the uh, trees or even play tennis on the courts within the garden. So after walking or playing, a drink or some food might be just what you need. So here's a couple of lovely choices. La Terrisse de Madame. The pretty restaurant La Terrisse de Madame, which opened in 2019, has a terrace to sit and dine at. The restaurant also has takeaway options, which is pretty handy. It's a popular spot for locals and visitors to catch up and meet with each other. So if you've got children, there are children's activities at the garden as well. They're well taken care of in this garden, I feel, children. It's got one of the best playgrounds in Paris, an ancient carousel. There's a toy vendor and the really well-known model boat sailing. So a side note to photographers, if you intend to take photos in the park near the playground, you'll be asked to follow the guidelines of no photo taking around the fenced playground. All photos of children in this area are prohibited. However, it's a bit of a different story down near the duck pond. You might have seen children playing with the wooden sailboats at the duck pond. Did you know, though, that the tradition is almost 100 years old? Clement Padu, who had a passion, apparently, for handmade wooden boats, he used to make these boats and then his wife used to make the fabric sails. She used to hand sew the material. He had the idea then of renting these boats that they made to children in the gardens. This became an instant success. It was a hit with children and a hit with parents to keep the children active. And it's still a tradition long associated with the garden. You know, you can still rent wooden boats by the hour or the half hour. And don't fear, if your boat gets stuck in the middle of the pond, the yacht vendor has a supply of sturdy gumboots that I've spied underneath the bottom of his uh, little trailer where he has all his boats for hire. So he's got the gear and ready to rescue your boat. So if you or your children are looking for amusement ideas, there's also a toy seller with handy items suitable for playing in the garden. He also sells sweets and cool drinks for a quick pick-me-up. Spending time in this beautiful garden is something that I really recommend to every visitor to Paris. And now a word from our sponsor, a French Collection Tours. Thinking of visiting France? A French Collection Tours offer inspirational, luxurious, escorted all-woman tours to Paris, Normandy, Brittany and Provence. Imagine seven days with a small group of like-minded women exploring the wonders of France. These fun and exclusive tours focus on culture and art, great food and drink, authentic locations and market trips and boutique shopping. Our French collection tours are perfect to relax and unwind, re-energise and invigorate with everything taken care of for you. 
Your host, Annette Charlton, has lived part-time in France with her family for over 11 years and knows how to ensure your tour is perfect. Whether it's bucket list items or secret places Annette knows about, you will truly love the Parisian vibe. And if you want to experience Brittany like a local, then walking, quaint towns, beach walks will delight you. Or if the warmth of the south of France appeals to you, then you'll be spoiled amongst the charming villages and ancient sites on a French collection tour. So if you're thinking of travelling to France, take a look at a French collection tours and create your lasting memories while having the time of your life. Find out more at www.afrenchcollection.com So now that we're back after our message from our sponsor, let's have a look at the best of Paris surprises ever. So this is my little collection of confessions. I call it the Confessions of a Paris Tour Guide, aka me. (laughs) So Paris is alluring. It's stylish, it's artistic, it's beautiful, and it's deservedly one of the most visited places on the planet. But if you were to actually ask me what I love most about the city that I've visited a few times, my answer would be, the French people and the wonderful little exchanges or moments that I've shared with them. I mean, maybe I should be espousing the glamour of Napoleon III's apartments in the Louvre or the stunning fragrant roses in the Jardin Palais Royal. I mean, I share that with my tour guests because it is amazing and I'd really recommend everyone should see it. But do you know what? Honestly, for me, it's the more simple things. Having a well-planned guide or itinerary is a good thing. And I mean, I know how important this is as my tour groups rely on detailed planning. But I find my best experiences are those that surprise me and they often pull at my heartstrings. Now let me share a few of these little treasured moments from Paris. The first one I call walking with famous French actress Audrey Tattoo. So walking alongside my favourite French actress of all time, Audrey Tattoo, is one of my Paris surprises. I mean, there I was walking along Rue Babylon in the elegant 7th arrondissement, having just left my hotel from around the corner and I was heading out to get a pastry. And I glance at the person who's been sharing the footpath with me for about the last 100 metres and who's pushing a pram with the cutest little person on board. And it's the quintessential French actress Audrey Tattoo. And I mean, wait, she has a dog lead attached to the pram. And sure enough, even her uh, petite terrier is joining in on the family excursion. With her denim hat pulled sort of lowish over her forehead and a scarf wrapped tightly, she's just a local mother getting some fresh air with her family. We walk side by side for a moment before I... Pardon, myself and I overtake her on the narrow footpath to allow oncoming pedestrians to get past. I desperately wanted to say hi and and gush about how much I admire and enjoy her work. But I restrained myself, knowing that she's most likely a local resident and she's just out walking in her hood in private today. I smile to myself and I think how wonderful being in Paris is. And I think of this chance encounter now every time I walk past Maison Collion, the grocery store at 56 Rue de Trois Ferrets. This is in Montmartre. And this is what was featured in the film, Amélie. This film is the greatest of all of Audrey Tattoo's films, in my opinion, 
and the scenes of her doing the grocery shopping at this store are some of the sweetest moments in the film. So another moment of mine in Paris. I call this one the Chanel fashion on the streets of Paris. In this recollection, I'm sitting at Café Babylon, which is opposite Le Bon Marché, which is near the hotel that I usually stay in, and Le Bon Marché is on Rue Babylon, and this time I'm enjoying a soft drink. It was quite crisp, so it's in the crisp air. Now, you've probably seen Chanel clothing on the high-rolling catwalks of the world, on magazine covers, and it's artistically displayed in in storefronts. But in this Paris surprise... Chanel takes centre stage in an even more beautiful light. Let's call our subject of the story Madame C. I mean, that's for Chanel. Hobbling on walking sticks and in the company of her younger female friend, maybe a daughter or a daughter-in-law, my Parisian lady, that is Madame C, slowly makes her way up the street in her suit of matching boucle, jacket and skirt thick tights and colour-coordinated slippers. Looking impeccably groomed and walking like a grand dame, Madame C commanded my full attention as she majestically, albeit slowly and slightly crippled due to age, made her way up past my cafe table. As she passes, I notice the Chanel buttons on her suit, a suit which is very obviously haute couture because it's been made specifically to fit her slightly larger and her older physical shape. It just fits her perfectly. How beautiful to see such an older lady wishing to dress so well for her walk around the street, and showing a gracious acceptance of her age and her limitations by wearing slippers in public, but of course making sure that they coordinate with her outfit. I mean, how inspiring. What a delight to witness the great fashion house at its best. I mean, it's being worn and enjoyed on the streets of Paris. Is this maybe the norm for the seventh arrondissement? Another thing that I particularly enjoyed was being asked for directions, rather like a true Parisian. Now, I don't think I look particularly Parisian, and I definitely don't sound it as soon as I open my mouth. But three times now I've been asked for directions by Parisians and I've had to confess I really have no idea about the place that they're searching for. Maybe it's the sitting nonchalantly watching the world go by with a coffee on the table, without sunglasses. This is so I can fully soak up the spring rays, but Parisians seem to do the same. I'm wearing my usual ballet flats and the absence of a map. Maybe that sets the scene, I don't know. And even just for a few moments, Someone who lives in Paris thinks that I might also live in their streets, sharing the city with them as they ask me for directions. I'm so happy to be a pretend Parisian, even for a short time. In this recollection, I name it Chatting with Madame Bastille. So on this day, I was on my way to Place de Vosges in the 11th arrondissement. I stopped to take photos of a beautiful hotel on Boulevard Beaumarché, after a few moments of zooming in and out, I was taking these photos of the window and the balcony details. As I was taking these photos, I was called into an entranceway of a really imposing courtyard by an elderly French woman who was in her dressing gown and soft shoes. 
Now I'm going to call her Madame Bastille, as she lives less than 100 metres from Place de Bastille, which Boulevard Beaumarchais intersects with. Now first I thought she might have been unhappy with my photo taking of the beautiful balconies and trees across the road, and that she might chide me for encroaching on the privacy of others. I was sure she'd seen me zooming in and out with my camera. But I was surprised, no. She started to explain the importance of the hotel I was photographing. I was understanding only a percentage of her conversation, and honestly, I just she spoke too fast and I didn't understand all her words. But we managed to converse about the celebrities who'd stayed at the hotel, the history of the building that dates back to the King and Count of Saigon in 1699, and I was telling her how much I loved France. I went on to explain how I lived mostly in Australia, but I spent some of my time in Brittany with my family, and that we'd visited Paris many times, and we deeply loved the country and its people. Madame Bastille was delighted that my love of France ran so deep, and I really felt an immediate bond with this elderly lady who reminded me of my grandma. We firmly clasped hands for some time. We gazed into each other's eyes, which to be honest got a little bit misty for both of us. Hard to explain. And we wished each other a lovely day. I had loved our chat and being invited behind a set of ornate Parisian courtyard doors by a lady who was just like my grandmother happy to have someone to talk to. I realised in the next couple of minutes as the postie was only just behind me. So I think maybe Madame Bastille was waiting to speak to the postie in reality and I just happened to come along. This raw and beautiful exchange of about 25 minutes with me acting as the photographing tourist and Madame Bastille, proud to be showing me her courtyard and sharing a little of French history in her dressing gown, is the side of Paris that I truly love the most. And so that brings us to the end of another podcast and our time together. Thanks for listening. I've really enjoyed your company and I look forward to sharing more on France and all things French with you next week. Until then, you can head over to the blog at www.afrenchcollection.com for the full blog post. And so it's a merci from me and a bientôt. Thank you.